Welcome to the Trey Blanco Podcast and Grill. We have a fine assortment of hot takes and bad predictions for you to sample this evening. On today's menu, the Cowboys. Today's special is the Cowboys. So you'll be having the Cowboys? Fine selection, sir. And now, here's your head chef. Um, he's not really a chef. Well, Trey Blanco. And his faithful busboy, Daniel Davidson. Doing good, man. Doing good. Uh, I've kind of gotten used to <laughs> this new routine of ours this, this season, you know what I'm saying? So it's hard to get me down nowadays, you know what I'm saying? Kind of just slot up my back and I keep it moving, you know what I'm saying, bro? I have to, have to deal with that stuff. Man, it's like dealing with COVID this year, man. You know, you, just had to, you know, we have to get used to the face mask, had to get used to the social distancing, had to get used to not seeing each other face to face for a while. And so mm-hmm. it's just, the Cowboys just got to get used to them losing. <laughs> so it's rough, man. It's rough. So anyway, it's your boy Ed White, aka Trey Blanco, with Trey Blanco's podcast and grill. I got my boy Tango. What it do, baby? <laughs> and yeah, uh, our producer. I was. I had actually had a good intro for him. Let's go call him Mr. Fresh Cut. Because uh, he's looking fly in his haircut today. Dude was looking kind of smooth today. I was like, uh, <laughs> what are you trying to get into, Derek? Dang. I know, man. We were try- like, people were trying to hook him up and everything, too. But uh, he's our producer, <laughs> Dr. Lewis, not the third. The third. Is not- <laughs> he's not with us today. Uh, you know, he's uh, doing some other grinding stuff. But, again, it's an honor to be affiliated with the Weekend at Take and the show. So, um, here on the Trey Blockos Podcast and Grill, we break it down to the X's and O's of cowboy football but we're doing things a little bit differently today um to be quite frank and honest with you me and dan got tired of breaking down the cowboys losses <laughs> yup <laughs> yup <And> so <laughs> we uh we <laughs> the game enough is enough you know what i'm saying <laughs> Last week they had each other's throats and everything with the way they were playing. This week, maybe we don't want to have a repeat of that. So, yeah. doing a little bit different. We'll give y'all, of course, you know, a quick background breakdown about the game itself, but we also want to focus on some other things around the game and around the league as well. Yeah. Um, so, to kind of start off with that, um, if you want, we can kind of give just a quick shout out actually to our our division. Um, so, if you've actually been following the games for this past week, there actually were two massive upsets that happened. And they both were courtesy of teams in our division, um, you know, believe it or not. Uh, the very first one was actually the New York Giants <laughs> beating the Seattle Seahawks, which I did not see coming because, again, thing like I mentioned last episode, Daniel Jones wasn't even playing. He was out for that game, and they still found a way to win and knock off the Seahawks. Um, and then even the even bigger win, even bigger than that, um, the Washington football team took down the previously undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers um, so that D line showed up and kind of ate them up, and yeah, they pulled off another upset. Uh, put up a major upset. Um, you know, once again protecting the the Dolphins for having the the you know the only undefeated record in the league in, in the history of football. Yep. And then the Steelers also kind of bring them back down to earth as well. So that was surprising. Um, what do you think about those two? I'm, I'm not sure if you saw the game. I'm sure you kind of saw the alerts after it happened, right? 
I didn't see neither of those games, <laughs> straight up and honest with you. But I was watching the mm-hmm. – I have uh, fantasy football players in both. And so uh, I have Seahawks players and I have Steelers <laughs> players. I don't have any <laughs> Washington football team or Giants players. But <laughs> they kind of knocked me out of the two playoff leagues and the two fantasy leagues. So yeah. About that. But uh, Colt McCoy leading the Washington—I mean, I'm sorry—the New York Football Giants to win against the Seattle Seahawks was ridiculous, and the way their defense stepped up that game was honestly like very shocking to me. Uh, kudos to them, Joe Judge. Uh, he's trying to make that push for the divisional lead, or he has a divisional lead, but he's trying to make that push for the playoffs um, and see if they can make some noise as Ricky head coach and a special teams head coach at that too. So he's coming back. He's coming big, um, and then. Good old Riverboat Ron, man. He he finds a way. He finds a way to get his team motivated. I have like, <laughs> like they were down twenty four to zero at half. They were down. They had to come back in the second half. Yeah. With that. Mm-hmm. So, um, from what we see from our football team, there's no way we're coming back from that, from that type of deficit. <laughs> and so, um, Riverboat Ron got his team to step up in the second half and make some um make some huge stops on the defense, something that we're expecting like the Pittsburgh Steelers to do as on the defense. But I mean, like you said, that foursome that they have in the front, man, that, that those guys are deadly and they like, you have a deadly foursome that helps out with your uh, second level and linebackers definitely helps out with the secondary. And it, that proved in that comeback against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, and my boy, Mike Tomlin was not a happy camper. With, with that Hell no. no. <laughs> he, he grilled into his boys, man. I would, I would, hate it and love to be in the locker room at that due to the point what we do <laughs> so i would have loved to be uh be in the locker room for that one but, yeah man uh, and then also speaking of the um washington football team um alex smith comeback player of the year do you think isn't that kind of uh, crazy what how his year's been playing out he's um basically making a huge case for it and i the only case for it you know some people probably thought it would be cam newton at the beginning of the season um but you know, I mean, he, who knows? Like, he got his – the Patriots still in the playoff search, but I'm not – Alex Smith is balling right now. And so, coming back from that same type of injury that that cat just gruesome, and then at his age with his young team, man, that's pretty, that's good for him, man. That's really good for him. And it goes to the testament to the coaching and his and his drive and want to to get that – to be out there, man. So, he definitely tells that he's fought. So, yeah, I'm, I'm down for Alex Smith being the comeback player of the year for that one. Yeah, but, you know, there's also, you know, another side to it. There's always two sides to everything, right? Yeah. So, you know, if you are a Washington fan or a New York, New York Giants fan, you probably were pretty hyped up that they, you know, knocked out those really good teams. But on the other end, though, it's like, hmm, the more we keep winning, you know, the, the lower and lower our draft pick gets. And there's only one team that can, that can, of course, make the playoffs from our division. And, and if you look at the makeup of the team, especially looking at Washington, you definitely know that they, they're going to try to find, you know, another quarterback for the future. Um, I'm sure New York, I think they think they have their quarterback, but maybe they need some more defense. I think uh, maybe a receiver on offense, something like that too, to help right. them out. So it's kind of like a double-edged, double-edged sword in terms of it's good and bad because you love to see your team win, especially against good teams. Yep. But then you kind of want want your team to at some point compete for an actual, you know, Super Bowl or championship. And they're kind of hurting themselves in that sense. So even though, you know, it, it, you don't really want to see your rivals doing so well, the more they win, though, I'm like, yes, we're kind of getting closer and closer to that, to securing that top five pick for them boys, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yes, win. Win New York. Win Washington. Mm-hmm. 
I was like, y'all go on, man. Y'all get all the accolades, the shine, whatever, man. You know what I'm saying? We'll be back there. Take Jason Garrett to the playoffs, please. <laughs> please. Take him there. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Because uh, the Cowboys need <laughs> Cowboys want that top five pick. And so um, whether it be the tackle out of Oregon, um, Patrick Sertan, or they're even talking about a, another edge player out of um, Penn State being that choice there, too. Um, and mm. So there's some there's some play there's some talent and they're all talking about starting uh start day one starter type of talent, um and so the Cowboys need that <laughs> especially on defense. <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs> like, so, take us to our our next topic. <laughs> <laughs> so, um the Cowboys got eight um for lunch, breakfast, dinner, and brunch, dessert, and midnight snack. Uh, mm-hmm. they gave up. Oh, uh, not 300 yards. They gave 296 yards. Um, they almost gave Lamar Jackson 100 yards rushing, and they almost gave J.K. Dobbins, J.K. Dobbins 100 yards rushing. Um, and then, of course, you know Gus Edwards got in there for 85 yards. And so um, we got eight. And so the question for the day is, where is our run defense? Where run defense? Where art thou? Because it's the third game. Well, fourth game, because we got eight by Antonio Gibson twice. We got eight by Kareem Hunt and others from with Cleveland. And then we got mm-hmm. eight by Lamar Jackson and, and squad from Baltimore. So where is our run defense? And, and why is it so terrible after we hyped up the front seven at the beginning of the season? Why are we so terrible? Whew. I mean, there's I, I, many things I would think. Um, first thing that would jump up to, I think most people would be maybe a lack of talent. Especially, you know, uh, maybe in the, the, the tackle position. Of course, we were liking that town in the secondary as well, which is why we're talking about potentially drafting people like Patrick Sertan and such to get back there and help us out. Um, but I think it goes even deeper and deeper than that, though. Um, and at some point during the year, we've seen a lack of enthusiasm, you know, lack of focus, uh, lack of really knowing what they're supposed to be, where they're supposed to be, like not really knowing your assignment or knowing your your role in the defense. And we kind of thought that they got in on the same page after playing, you know, a few games. It kind of seemed to kind of settle into the new system. Um, but, you know, if you know anything about, you know, the run game, especially defending the option, if you are a bad defense, it kind of exposes you in so many more ways than a traditional offense would. Just because the way you have to play an, you have to play an option offense is that you have to, you know, have great communication. You have to be very disciplined and, and stick to your assignment because – one blown assignment, one miscommunication, and you see what we saw during Tuesday. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson up the middle for like 30-something yards for a touchdown. Uh, <laughs> Gus Edwards killing us for, I think, almost like 100-something yards. Um, so a lot of this stuff, even during like the replays when they show kind of what happened for a lot of those big runs, you see, you know, like Leighton Vander Edge going into the wrong gap or the safety coming down too quickly and overrunning some stuff and leaving just a wide-open hole that, you know, against – that's a dangerous weapon like Lamar Jackson with that type of speed. You can't leave him just a full running lane, you know, just full speed ahead. He didn't have to even, you know, just just change direction at all. It's really just a dead sprint. And at that point, you know, he basically is the, the best athlete on the field. And if you're going to give him just a free open lane to kind of just a foot race, that we're not going to win that, you know, nine times out of ten. So I think that was a big issue in terms of Tuesday. But for the defense as a whole, it's a, – a, a combination of, of all those things in terms of the talent, but also, it, you know, it doesn't matter if we get like these top draft picks and bring in a lot of talented young guys or sign a lot of talented older veterans. If we still don't have, you know, people learning their assignment and learning the system. So they know they're supposed to be, 
having that communication. We need some leaders out there on the field. Cause I think we have leaders in the locker room, but it kind of seems like on the field sometimes you don't have somebody kind of taking control and getting everybody on the same page, especially when it comes to the secondary. Uh, Cause quite frankly, Lamar Jackson, the way he's throwing the ball was pretty putrid that entire game. Like he looked terrible throwing the ball. So I thought, okay, you might have a chance because if we can just get him to throw it, we probably could stay in this game. But I think he ended up with, um, I think, two touchdowns and, you know, I think uh, maybe close to 200 yards passing, something like that. Just a but really all – a little bit over, yeah. But really all those were, though, was just like uh, busted assignments. It wasn't like, you know, he had made like an amazing play or anything like that. It was really just people running wide open that he, you know, delivered the ball to him. And usually with that, you would think like you're – one of your – Usually the safety will be like the, um, I guess like almost like the the coach back there, kind of getting everybody lined up and getting in the, in the right coverages and such. Um, of course, we've had a lot of like a rotating defense in terms of personnel back there, so maybe that might have attributed to it. But still, some of the guys that have been back there have been with the team for quite a bit this season now, so you kind of would hope that they now kind of are on the same page. But Yet again, you know, we're showing that we got exposed, but mainly, you know, not to harp on the secondary because really this was just lost in, in the front seven. So the secondary didn't have a chance because, I mean, <laughs> if, when they're running like that and getting that many yards a carry, um, there's really not what you can do as a, as a you know, a DB at that point to try to make a tackle or hold on for dear life, you know? Yeah, and um, I, I messed up on the stats. I'm sorry. Uh, Lamar Jackson just barely hit 100. He had 107 yards passing. And two oh God! <laughs> so he went twelve for seventeen, um, and I also messed up on a rushing. Uh, so that I'm correct. Correct my normally Derek's here to correct me, so I'm gonna correct myself. Gus Edwards had one on one. Lamar Jackson ninety four. J.K. Dobbins seventy one. And Mark Ingram had twenty eight rushing yards. Um, I've said this many times this year. Uh, offenses are testing our eyes when it comes to our defense. Um, yeah. Each time our eyes get tested, we have failed. <laughs> um, you talk about the 37-yard rushing touchdown for Lamar Jackson. Um, Leighton Vanderesh was not reading <laughs> his assignment. And so um, not at all. When in that type of assignment, the formation that they were in, Leighton Vanderesh was responsible for the quarterback. And so he completely left his responsibility and just Bomb, bomb the play, busted the play huge, majorly, and that's what that's what left the big old hole right down the middle for that. And so when um, and like you said, the option you, you really in an option ran offense, especially in the offense when the option starts being successful for offense, they're going to continue to do it. And there's so many different yeah. versions of the of the option that can kill you. And they and I think the um, Ravens hit each different version like they hit the inside option they hit the outside read option i think they even did the beer a couple times too and so mm -hmm. we got killed on the option <laughs> every single time <laughs> so, um but like the the hugest thing about that is when like if you're not reading your assignment or there's keying on to your player and it's like i mean we both played linebacker in high school and we played five different teams that ran the option how what how mm -hmm. important is it that each man plays their assignment <laughs> so you can't do anything extra you can't try to go don't go try to cover the safeties guy or the defensive end guy because that's when you get exposed and Leighton Vanderesh got exposed he went after uh I believe it was JK um for the outside 
option. And that's really either, I think it possibly would have been the safeties man um, or even the defensive ends guy. But he, whatever he did, he just didn't do his job. And therefore, the big hole for Lamar Jackson was there. And Lamar Jackson, and you ain't going to stop him uh, once he gets like 10 yards down the field. Full, full nah. <laughs> you ain't going to catch him. <laughs> but that boy was gone. And uh, even on the touchdown pass to, I think it was his first touchdown pass, to a Boyd, I believe his name is. Oh, Miles uh, Ma- Boykin. Miles Boykin, thank you. Uh, his yeah. First, um, that was a busted coverage on Lady Vanderish <laughs> again. He, um, because it wasn't a deep post route; it was a shallow post route, and so Lady Vanderish was supposed to get be able to get that zone area, and so that the safety is allowed to get over. It. And so, but you bust the coverage, touchdown. And so it was this we we are failing each time on these on our eyes on defense. Um, we didn't have and we just couldn't catch back. Like they started the defense started off mild lukewarm. We got the interception on the first drive. Uh, we possibly I was like, all right, cool. We like you say, force Lamar Jackson to throw the ball, we will be fine. <laughs> but mm-hmm. to in order for Lamar Jackson to throw the ball, you gotta be able to stop the run. <laughs> so, yeah, unfortunately that's true. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's that, that's how those, those things correlate with each other. <laughs> and so, but if you're if their teams are running all over you, that makes it easier for a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, who is currently struggling in the passing game. Let's be blunt and honest. He's not he's not passing the ball like he like last year. Um that makes it easier for him to pass the ball because he has so much confidence now, <laughs> especially when he's running the ball. He has so much confidence now. Hey, I'm just going to lob it up uh, to Brown in the corner and just let and hope something happens. And, hey, he, mm-hmm. caught, he caught it for a touchdown. Oh, I'm just going to test your eyes, see if you don't, don't uh, if you don't reach your zone right, and I'm going to lob it over to Boykin. He did it right. If Lamar Jackson really should have had three touchdowns that game. He Busted on the uh, one to Boykin too. He really threw a short. So Lamar Jackson. Oh really, yeah, man. he really should have had three passing touchdowns that game. But yeah, man, the defense is um, we're struggling on the inside. Uh, we said at the beginning of the season, um, like our tackles are struggling. We're not getting much pressure coming up from the inside. Uh, we're not getting containment. People aren't containing. Uh, people are getting outran to the edge. People aren't coming down, laying the wood. Like people are playing like patty cake. It seems like so. It's just weird. All this as far as a run defense that we're not, we're not aggressive, man. It's just it's and it's hard. It's hard to watch that, especially when we hyped up the front seven. We hyped up LVE. We hyped up Jalen Smith. We were all hyped up for Alden and um, D Law. Um, we were hyped up for the 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 two different tackles we had the original season, and so um, but it's like we did all this work to get people around this defense at the beginning of the season for the show, and they mm-hmm. disappointed us, man. They didn't reward us for our, for our efforts, um, and then we talk about the secondary. Uh, we already know the secondary is struggling. Um, I didn't even know um, uh, my boy Dom, uh, Dom Dominic Wilson. Dominic, yeah, I'm sure on his first name, Wilson got hurt, so we we he was out, and so we had Darren Thompson who got the interception, but like they just disappeared after that. It's like, hey, yep. we're good for like 30 minutes of the game, and it's like, where y'all go? Because at the halftime, we're down 17 to 14. We're in the game. <laughs> we're mm-hmm. in the game, and after that, we just blew up. And so, and I don't even. We're not even going to focus on the office. Like we're not going to talk about the office. The office did okay but like we're just i'm just we're just focusing on defense right now the defense was just trash man go ahead yeah i mean um really what it is is you know 
playing the option when you're a defensive player, it, it's never fun. It's not a fun game to play, okay? Because any other game, you get to kind of just run to the ball as quick as you can, be very, very physical, very aggressive, and make a lot of splash plays. But you can't do that against an option team because they're counting on you running hard to the ball, everybody trying to gain tackle. And when you go the wrong direction, don't key your keys and, and cover your person, then that's when they have the big runs. Um, you know, that's what they want to do. They want to get you flowing one way and then get action going the other way. Exactly. Um, and really what it means, though, is, you know, you, if you know they're an option team, then you kind of just get, you know, coached the entire week. You get reps the entire week just saying, look, you have to stick with your assignment. I know this is going to be probably maybe like 10, 12 plays where you're just kind of sitting there just watching the quarterback, not really going anywhere. That's fine. That's your job. If you do that, then you've won. You've won that down. And hopefully the next person wins their down and we can shut them down. But that wasn't the case. Um, I think it was very telling near the very end of the game when we kind of were trying to, you know, get the ball back and force them to punt it or do anything. Um, basically, we knew they were going to run the ball, and they knew that we were loading up to stop them from running the ball. And what happened each and every time was they would pop it for like five, six, seven yards every single time. So it's very telling for our defense when you're loading up and doing everything possible to stop the run to at least get them to, you know, have like one or two yards, just to, to slow them down, you know, get them the third down or something is, is what we're trying to do. And every time they're either like, we're popping for five or pop for 10. Um, we didn't even get a chance to really use our time timeouts correctly because, you know, it'd be like, okay, we get one stop and then they pop for 10 yards. Like, okay, well, now we're the, the game's pretty much over now because <laughs> now they have a whole, other, whole bunch of first downs now. So uh, like you were saying that, of course, part of that is going to be, you know, with effort, not being aggressive, and also it's just mentally as well. Um, so we kind of had hope that we could carry some some good going over into next season, you know, seeing key players step up. Which I mean, we have some, you know, we have Trayvon Diggs, we have Donovan Wilson. Uh, but I think what really is most disappointing, what's going to hurt us the most, is that our key players, um, like you were saying, D-Law, our key players, Jalen Smith, Leighton Van Ash, who we have either gave large contracts to or drafted very, you know, very high in the draft. So they have pretty good contracts as well. Um, if they're the ones that either not giving effort, making mistakes and such, that's what you don't want to see because you, you've invested so much into them. You kind of will hope, hopefully like they will be like the few bright spots on the defense. You kind of build around them. But I think like we touched on, I think earlier, quite a few pods ago, you know, if they're not stepping up, then it's kind of like, well, now we're no longer reloading. We need to rebuild yep. um, because we don't really have a foundation to build around if our key guys are, you know, not showing up or uh, for whatever reason, not able to just get with the scheme. Because again, I'm, I'm pretty sure Mike Lone is going to be back next year. Um, you know, the way things are going with the COVID, with us having flashes of having the defense sometimes looking good, I'm sure they can give them at least one more chance next year. Um, so if they, you know, aren't doing their best right now to learn this defense and the scheme, it's not going to get any easier next year. It's going to be the exact same one. Um, yes, they'll, they'll most likely have a full training camp, which may help as well, but you kind of want to see them, since they are getting a lot of live game reps, maybe start progressing uh, a little bit. But it seems like, you know, after that little peak, we're kind of going back downhill now. That's not really how you want to end out the year. Yeah, man. I'm And like you said, Mike Lowen is looking like he's coming back next season. And so we're going to, we're going to have him, but um, even like the live reps that we're getting, um, I feel like either we're missing it in film. Like there's no re retention from it. You know, they're not retaining what they're learned. They're not retaining what uh, they see. Cause like the option is not a fun 
uh, option offense is not a fun offense to defend. It's definitely not because you're not being a great. You have to slow play, and you really have to slow play yeah. everything. But this is when you got to gain responsibility for your role because you're not always going to be like you're setting up. You're setting up some for someone else to make the play, and that's the hard yeah. thing about the option defense. You're setting up for someone else to make the play, and um, that's what they did not understand with this concept of it. They didn't allow the others to make the play when it was necessary. They try to make the play themselves. Uh, they try to mm-hmm. be, uh, and so that's, that's where we got beat at because everyone was going outside of their gaps, outside of their zones, um, not playing their role. They were playing someone else's role. They were playing the defensive tackles role. The defensive tackles trying to play the defensive ends role. The linebackers trying to play the safety role. So that's where we got beat. And so um, I'm shocked, like um, Sean Lee got more playing time. So like this game, so I'm pretty sure, like, they were pulling people. Like, hey, I just need, like, if I'm the coach, yep. hey, I just need you to go out there and do your damn job. Yeah, <laughs> so, pretty much. So, so just go out there and do your job. That's it. That's it. But, like, that's we didn't have that. And so it could be, like, leadership on the field. Um, there's no one taking ownership on the field to lead this defense. Um, we expect it to be D-Law. We expect it to be LVE or Jalen because, like you said, they're the big money guys. They're the, they're the higher pick guys. Jalen and D-Law just got big maker contracts, and they're not, and they're looking like like we wasted money right there. And so um, it's it's hardening for a team. And I get COVID, no training camp, and all that stuff. Yeah, but like you said, we are what twelve games, eight. 13 games, 14 games into the season, you have 13 live reps of film to watch and and analyze, look at yourself and see where you where you know where you failed and where you can improve improve at. I don't I feel like that's not happening with this team. And so maybe they're not looking at last week's film, but they probably should. It's like uh just replay some certain plans and retain what what they did right because there were some few bright spots, but but they're not. But also see what they did wrong at the same time. And so, and even when they played Pittsburgh, when they played the Vikings, like retain what you did there because we don't option offense is not in every team. But every team can run the option offense. They just don't run it as good as a as a uh, Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, but. Um, there's some zone schemes that we feel that when it comes to the Washington football team. And so there's some, and so that's where uh, we got to learn <laughs> and retain where we failed at Hey, learn and retain where we were successful at and improve. And that's oh, the whole purpose of a season is to continue to improve as a football player for your career. You want to improve each and every time. So just in case you don't get signed or retained by the current team you're playing on, that you could get signed for someone else. Um, so your career can continue to go because there's people on contract years on our defense who may or may not, more likely may not come to Dallas, but there's a question mark whether or not they're going to be signed in the future or even playing at, at a quality at a quality weight. Mm-hmm. And a call, they probably won't be starters. They'll probably be signed, but they won't be starters. And I'm saying I'm yeah. starters that we have, like I.E., Xavier Woods. Jordan Lewis kind of stepped up in the last game, he kind of, but like he's also on a contract gear. Chidobe Aruze, granted, he's been hurt, but there's still some dudes who are on contract gears who may not be starters next year for another team. And they're going to be upset. Like, at once – like sometimes you don't always come back. You don't always have the Alex Smith story. So you, you're trying to have a long, a long career. You're trying to have, be a Hall of Fame type of career. Hey, you got to take some ownership. You got to step up. You got to improve um, from game to game and from year to year. If you don't do that, 
you're not hey you're a four you're a one you're a one contract player you're gonna be a one-year player off of a practice squad or to fill in for injuries and then you'll probably be in the league for six maybe seven years and then you're done and you forgotten commodity after that point so that's my that's my thought and that's very blunt but hey it's the nfl <laughs> i was like what, what, what happened to sunshine ed my hey, lord hey, man. i'm warming hey, up my grill right now i'm warming up my grill right now bro. well I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that uh actually that you mentioned xavier woods because really um for the longest it's been like we just need one other safety to go with xavier woods and we should be good to go the way he's been playing lately, now I think we need, yeah, two, we need two safeties. <laughs> so that's another uh, disappointing thing about this season as well is some of the people we thought we, you know, we had solidified and we need to add talent around. Um, now they've been playing either not up to par or even pretty bad because even that game, they always had a lot of bad plays on there. Um, he had that pass interference. He had, he had the blown coverages and such. He was missing tackles as well. So at this point, it's like, and like you say, he's on a contract year. It's like, well, we even consider bringing him back or should we just, you know, let him go too and find someone in the draft or find someone for agency or what? And that's a shame because at that point, like almost the entire secondary might just be gone <laughs> and replaced. And that's ridiculous. But, I mean, we are a historically bad defense, so I guess it would make sense that you might have to just maybe just clean house. And if it keeps trending this way, I think we may be going towards the full rebuild where they might think about like, like, you know, letting these guys walk, potentially trading some of the people that have longer contracts because maybe they're not up to par. Um, so that's why it is, like you said, Ed, very important that they, you know, stay focused throughout these, these final games, because it's going to affect you, you know, long-term in terms of either coming back with our team and, you know, other teams are watching our film too and seeing you, you know, out here not getting effort or blown plays and, they probably don't want that on their team either, or one player. Or they probably don't want players from one of the worst defenses in the history of the NFL. Maybe they don't want you at all. So, it, it it's kind of we have to help each other in terms of you know having the team do well and the players benefit as well. And I think another thing that kind of is an indictment. You want to time in real quick? Yeah, one yeah. more thing about the defense because we lost a staple in our secondary due to not signing him in Byron Jones, and he's out there yeah. in Miami. Balling with one of the best defenses in the league, top two sure. with Pittsburgh. And so we think when you talk about a, a culture and developing a culture on a defense, when you lose one of the guys who has really been a staple in your secondary and you don't even put an effort into resigning him, that kind of calls that call that's a call out Jerry Jones and, and that management. But uh, but like maybe I'm not saying Byron Jones would have saved the secondary, um, because you can't play every position, but that. Like that leadership back there, and he's probably what could have been the leader on the defense for the in-game leader. So that I mean, when we talk about second, the secondary play and the struggles that we have had, that's probably one of the things we want to, at the end of the season when we do a recap of the season. That probably could be one of the things we want to talk about when you don't want to bring back one of your known um, veterans who has really played each each part of the field when it comes to the secondary of the defense, um, who knows defense who knows how to cover and so that's probably something that, like Cowboys will regret in the long run because I mean he's not he's granted for Miami he's the second best DB because of Xavier Howard but he was mm -hmm. our best DB and so um, the, that's the question like the management process of it too so that's I just want to throw that out there as something that, that we could, should be thinking about as far as like for future efforts of the of the team yeah, that's a good point. And really, um, you know, I'm not, not sure if it's fair or not, but really, 
it's going to be a comparison between how Byron Jones does for, you know, his next few years versus Jalen Smith, because pretty much once you pay Jalen that big time money, that pretty much ensure we probably weren't going to be paying Byron Jones. And that's yeah. and what happened. You know, Jalen got the money. Byron did not because we had to pay these other guys on offense. And so we kind of made our choice between the linebacker and the DB. And the way it's looking right now, it's looking like uh, the Joneses might have made a mistake in terms of who to pay, um, you know, given that Byron Jones had been playing pretty good consistently. And then Jalen had that, you know, one year where he came back and kind of just was otherworldly. Um, but he hadn't really shown it over long, over long run. So that's going to be something that's probably going to be compared to part for a while now, as long as I think it's Jalen's on the team that, oh, yeah. you know, the money could, could have gone elsewhere. And then, like you said, having Byron Jones on the Dolphins, too, or having like a lights out defense, too, uh, you know, it can't help matters either. I also wanted to bring up um, one of the reasons why, I guess, for this defense in terms of how we're progressing, uh, when we kind of compare to even teams in our own division, because I know people are going to say, you know, it's COVID, so you don't have time to really pick up the scheme. You didn't have a training camp or whatever. You have a new coaching staff. Um, well, I mean, newsflash around the league, everybody's dealing with COVID. Um, I think two team, two other teams in our division had a brand new coaching staff as well. And while they also have bad records and they were struggling, what you're seeing though is as the season comes to an end, you're kind of seeing them improve and yeah, come together as a team and, 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 you know, end up doing amazing things with, you know, knocking off some of the top teams in the NFL. And that doesn't happen unless you have that team unity, you have understanding of, you know, of your scheme um, because I mean, both of those teams have a lack of talent in terms of overall for the defense. Of course, you know, Watson has the monster D-line, but in terms of, you know, linebacker and secondary, it's not like they have a whole bunch of stars throughout the entire defense. Right. Um, the Giants have a lot of holes as well. But you kind of can tell that the way that they're progressing, that this probably will carry over into next year too, just because they seem to be coming together quite a bit. I'm sure they'll probably bring most of those guys back and add to it. And in comparison with what's going on with the Cowboys, you're not seeing that, you know, you're not seeing that you need to come together. You're not seeing us kind of getting better each game. You see flashes here and there, but then they go the exact opposite, which at that point you're like, okay, well, was that just, you know, just because of a good matchup, we really aren't that good of a defense. We're not really learning our assignment to come together. You don't really know. There's more questions and answers at this point of the year. Well, I think with the other teams, you know, our competitors or rivals, they're starting to get more answers and questions, which is kind of what you want, even if you have a bad team. And unfortunately, I mean, that's how it goes. You know, you're going to be compared, of course, to who you were in the past and also who your current current rivals are in the present. Yep. Um, and the way we're looking right now, we're not looking like we're going in the right direction. Um, pretty much, you know, us and the Eagles in the basement right now. Yep. And then, I mean, the fact that the New York football Giants and the Washington football team are being cohesive and improving, that's attractive to free agents in the coming up season and so they see they they see the potential free agency the potential especially like veterans who want to go out on super bowl or going to have a potential long playoff run like they we don't look attractive right now to free agents and so we look like a problem child and so we talk about like the teams in our division that had to get bringing a new staff it was us football team and the giants and so the eagles really are the only team that had the cohesiveness at the beginning of the season but mm -hmm. 
And so, but they're trash just as just like us. Well, <laughs> now, now there's even talk of well, Doug Peterson even be back next year, which yeah, is also wow. I mean, hockey, apparently. Yeah, and Carson Wentz got bitched this week, and so with uh, Jalen Hurts yeah. will be start Hurts will be starting the this week, and so um, there's questions with the Eagles, and so like two the, the two teams, the Eagles and the Cowboys, who were predicted to be fighting out, duking it out for the division, <laughs> are duking it out for the top five pick. <laughs> so, oh man! And so it'll be interesting to see how the Eagles and Cowboys play in the second matchup actually <laughs> so this park will be one of the ugliest games it's gonna be the it's gonna be the trash bowl man it's gonna be the trash bowl <laughs> and, uh, I mean, and we see and we and when we're talking about um real quick we'll move on but we're talking about how the cowboys are sh- what they're showing on film um we lost the primetime slot this sunday um due to the, what we're showing on film that hurts the pockets of Jerry because he doesn't get that pride. Like, and so like Jerry Jones is like, oh, and this is the first time this has ever happened to the Cowboys since NBC had taken over Sunday Night Football. The first time. And then I don't know how long, I wish Derek was here because he would be able to tell me how long NBC had Sunday Night Football. But it's been for a long time. This has never happened. And they got to the one, the one, they didn't go to the afternoon Sunday slot. They went to the early <laughs> afternoon Sunday slot. So, uh, not COVID time. People are getting out of church going to lunch with, with the Cowboys are just starting. So this game is not going to be watched. It should not be watched as often, but when I mean, Cowboys always get watched. But that prime yeah. time slot, you're losing money because you're the only team, you're the, one of the only two teams playing at that time. And you're not competing with other uh, networks or teams in the other areas of the country, everyone could be able to watch you. And the NFL owners get pocketed from the TV and the um, networks that show their games. So Jerry's pockets are hurt are hurting right now. So he's getting punished for this, man. <laughs> hey, man. Well, apparently these Cowboys are breaking records all over the place, on and off the field. You know? <laughs> so, for real. We said this last week, the Cowboys are best at fighting COVID and doing breaking records the bad way so <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, hey we got that on our books um one thing we failed to mention last week uh with this baltimore raven matchup we failed to mention that our boy des bryant will be going up and facing his cowboys again um but that yeah. didn't happen um des tested uh presumably uh, a presumptive positive before the game so he got pulled from warmups and so um a presumptive positive is not a confirmed positive is a is uh where you inconclusive inconclusive so because of that they pulled des and that's one of the reasons why the game was still be able to play because it was a a presumptive not confirmed um so des went on a twitter tyrant (laughs) before before you get before you get to that before you get to des's reaction um i wanted to ask you when i saw this happen i I thought about uh, the question i wanted to ask for this one oh gotcha um do you know what the current protocol is for how they're testing these players? Because isn't it kind of crazy that he's allowed to go out on the field and warm up and be around the guys without even having that confirmed negative test? Like, right. it sounds like they, they took the test, he went out there, and like, all right, well, assume it's going to be negative, and then if it's positive, we'll pull them off. Um, you would think they would have this all done before they even, like, get to the stadium or something. I don't understand why they would let him go out there without even having a negative test in hand or something like that, you know? So, my understanding is that they get tested the day, the night prior and mm-hmm. they get tested before they get on the bus. Um, if mm-hmm. you're home team before you get on the bus, uh, even if, if, either or, before you get on the bus, you get tested. Um, something got delayed with the Ravens results, and so that's why he got pulled during warmups normally the team players are normally pulled before the warmups if they have a like a questionable test they're pulled before warmups and they can kind of normally figure out 
right before the game starts and because it's happened a couple of times uh, not a lot but it's happened a few times and players end up being fully confirmed negative that they, they played but something was wrong like so it was something weird with Desert's test that kind of delayed his results and so that's why he actually tested he tweeted yesterday confirming that he was negative so he did he doesn't have covid but um just because of the, it was assumed and they weren't able to confirm it or anything like that they pulled him which is weird i agree with you it was very weird well <laughs> the nfl Cause, is not doing well because <laughs> my, my thought though is like what if like you know the worst happened he actually was positive for covid and he had been out there warming up with <laughs> other guys and coaches and stuff and it's like well at that point then yeah it's gonna spread everywhere to maybe both teams and stuff and the Ravens already had an issue with COVID for like the past couple of weeks anyways. So you would think it would be like, okay, well, if it's delayed, you can't go out there until we get you a negative test. So yeah, but I would think they, they'll hold them back. I know you have to warm up for the game, but I would think due to COVID, because this is like a different year, it's like, hey, the rule is if your player doesn't have a negative test confirmed before, you know, they can't go out and start warming up or be around other people. And once they get the negative, then they can go out there and start warming up. And if you have to delay the start or something, then that's fine. Um, but I, it seems like the NFL is just like, well, y'all can do whatever, and then you know we'll make up, we'll clean up later, clean up afterwards or something. But that situation kind of opens the eye, like our eyes to what was going on in Baltimore. And so like maybe like there were slow playing the test results for at the practice practices and stuff like that, and that's how they had this outbreak this continuous outbreak that they had on their team. And so um, that's, that's on current, unfortunately is only on the ownership of the team because the NFL doesn't want to take any type of claim or responsibility for it, but (laughs) it's only on the ownership (laughs) of the team. And um, uh, some teams actually test like the morning of like, so, I mean, Sunday, a Sunday game or the game day for the NFL is really all day for the players. So it really kind of starts at 6 a.m. And so some teams really yeah. test at that 6 a.m. time frame. And by the time the game starts, they get the results and they're ready to go. And so that maybe is something that the Baltimore Ravens aren't doing more efficient enough. Or I don't want to say correctly, probably not efficient enough to be able to prevent their players from breaking out and stuff like that. So that's my opinion on it. But yeah, I thought it was very questionable too. Me and my dad had a pretty, not a pretty long conversation, but I had a good 10 minute conversation about it. Because again, it's just so, it, it so weird, man. It's such a weird situation. Yeah, the NFL sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I don't understand. What? <laughs> and the NBA is just really eating all this stuff, man, because Adam Smith was like, oh, okay, let's do this and not that. <laughs> so like, he's like, ah, I learned. NFL don't. <laughs> so, so sad. But yeah, Des yeah. went on after he uh, got pulled from the game he went on a twitter tyrant and so he at first he said hey i got pulled because i tested i tested positive i'm done with this season i'm I like i'm out i was like wow and then you see you see um he, uh, he started tweeting about some like very dark stuff and he's like sipping wine and he's like show me your wine if you're sipping with me it's like People were like, Des, cheer on your team, bro. You still have to stay the But um, we all know from Des being a cowboy, he's a very emotional player. Um, he mm-hmm. wears his emotions, emotions on his sleeve. And um, like, it was a lot to take in. That was part, that's like the game within the game. It's like, what's Des going to say next? And so, like, I have my Twitter page up, but it's kind of following what Des was saying. And uh, I was like, dude. Des is crazy. Like, poor Des. Like, I would, like someone check Des right now. Like, I'm worried about Des. And so, um, what you saw the Twitter? I don't know if you saw a lot of the pages, but 
a lot of people have been talking about it. Um, what were your thoughts about like Des going immediately to Twitter and is going off on it, like about this COVID and his reaction, his not his quit but not quit type of thing? How would you take that as a, how would you take this as a coach and an owner and, and as a teammate if you saw that? Yeah, I'll start with that. So if I'm a coach or a teammate, um, you know, you, you don't like it at all. Uh, especially because he's a guy that hasn't, you know, really been with the team the whole time or for multiple years. He kind of just brought him in to help out the squad. So you kind of would hope that he would kind of keep his head down, do what he needs to do to help, you know, win, potentially go on a Super Bowl run or go deep in the playoffs. But what he's doing right now is causing more of a distraction than what's really warranted for, you know, his role on the team and his talent level at this point, at this stage of his career. And really, I mean, this is probably not this exact reason, but this type of personality issues and clashings with could slow into the locker room were one of the reasons why they get rid of Earl Thomas in the first place, right? Because yeah. of not really messing with the locker room, um, because being more of a distraction, um, you know, kind of just causing, bringing more attention than, than warranted to himself and to the team. So with that, you know, you kind of, I, I would think afterwards want to sit Des down and be like, all right, I understand you're really emotional. You really want to, you know, charge up. This is your former team. You want to play them. But you can't just be out here like on a whim saying, all right, I'm, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, or whatever. Um, because, you know, we're counting on you to be available for the next game and the, and the next one after that too. So at this point, we're like, okay, should we talk to his agent or something? Should we start releasing him, look for another receiver? Um, so, you know, it's important to kind of – they know what's going on and they don't really want – most teams aren't going to want an erratic player on their squad unless they're like a, a super mega star or something. But if not – because what NFL teams and most football teams value is, you know, kind of just that consistency and kind of knowing what to expect. They don't like surprises. And this was a huge surprise. So as a coach and a player, you know, that would kind of rub me the wrong way. Even though most people probably know that Dez is that type of emotional person, you would hope or you would pray that he'd be able to control that in some sense because he's now no longer just, you know, the, the young, super talented player. He's now a, a vet, you know, an older vet. Uh, aging vet so you think that he would bring more you know experience wisdom more calm to the locker room that's what you want from your veteran players not kind of causing the opposite um for myself when i saw the tweet i mean i didn't believe that he was really done but if he was though i was like what do you talk about like you know how hard you have been fighting to get back in the league i was like you had been out the league for so long and then you came out with the Saints, you got hurt and then you bounced back and finally got on with another team you're, you're on the practice squad and worked your way all the way back up to now the regular roster and now you're saying that you're done because of just you can't play one game i was like come on des if you do well this season you have a chance of getting another contract and staying in the league for who knows man another maybe three or four years and that would be great that's as a Cowboys fan, I mean, you have to love Des Bryant for, for how talented he was and, and kind of what he gave us. But also, this whole situation kind of reminds you of the other side of Des that kind of led to his exit from the Cowboys because of, even though he had all the talent in the world, he had other things that came with him that caused a lot of friction. And at some point, you know, because he got hurt or got older, it was like the balance of the talent level to what he brought from, you know, off the field stuff that it, it didn't weigh out anymore. He had kind of had to, you know, uh, remove yourself from the situation, kind of go a different direction. Yeah. Because we're going to, we went in a different direction. We were trying to, you know, at the time groom a, a new quarterback uh, coming in and that paid off in that route. You know, you want to have a locker room for such, such a young guy coming in. 
Um, so that's kind of what brought to me first. First was like, Des, you worked too hard to get back in the lead to just throw it all away now. And then secondly, it's like, oh, yeah, I remember this part of Des now. <laughs> this is the other side of Des, which is why we weren't, we weren't too sad when we had to let him go because it's like, it's time for, for him to go and it's for the better. And it was at, at the time. Yeah, uh, the Ravens have their uh, Earl Thomas 2.0 situation on their hands. So, <laughs> like you said, I'm gonna, like you said it perfectly, man. I was, I really wanted that segment for you right there, man. Because I, I, I knew you would do I knew you do that dead situation right, man. But uh, you, you, I will piggyback off of what you said when you said uh, we're trying to groom a young quarterback, and that looks like it's going well. Pay Dak man is starting to form and take off. Uh, Dak is looking real good to be getting a nice paycheck. Um, whether it be from the Cowboys, uh, there's been reports that other teams are calling Dak's agent if the Cowboys don't sign him. And so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, Dak is going to get paid, man. Um, a lot of um, Schefter said uh, this week is that all Dak has to do, like you said, sit down and wait. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. That's all I will do, walk it out, kick the door open, the Jerry's house. I'll kick it open, you know, with, with my boots no on. Plop no down knock. in the seat. No knocking at all. Look at him for a little bit, stare him down, you know, <laughs> lean back in my chair. We'll have a little TV in or laptop, play just some reps from, from last year. Be like, mm. stare at him. Don't, wouldn't say a word. Just look at him. Just have him just slide over that blank check. I'm like, all right, yeah. All right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, see, I see that cowboy hat that he had on the beginning of the season with a little straw. Yeah. Like I said, man, like um, uh, one thing that Jimmy Jimmy Johnson said this before the game, uh, he said that if the Cowboys don't play Dak, they need to bring in that franchise quarterback if it drops. Um, a franchise quarterback is not going to drop to us at number five. There's too many. There's the Jags and the um, Jets need a quarterback. So um, Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence will be one and two. And so we're not going to have uh, – there's another quarter. There's a few quarterbacks coming out from – I don't remember the names, but I've been hearing about them. They said, they said there's potentially four potential franchise quarterbacks in the draft. But two of them, like you know for sure, are Justin mm. Fields and Trevor Lawrence are far more of the surefire ones. The other two – they have a lot of potential, yeah. athleticism, and they produce a lot. But, you know, with those type of quarterbacks, you never really know which way they're going to go. Exactly. And so it's kind of like the Dak situation with those, I feel like with those two, because Dak was one of those potential quarterbacks who could be, but who just really didn't know because of like he just is a different type of player. The Cowboys have a franchise quarterback. Dak has developed to be a franchise quarterback. You got to pay that man to be a, <laughs> a franchise quarterback. Um, don't be a, don't be nervous about what you see with Carson Wentz. I always said they overpaid for Carson Wentz. I was like, hey, nah, he didn't win y'all Super Bowl. Nick Foles did. Y'all should have <laughs> paid Nick Foles. <laughs> so um, but don't be nervous about that. I don't want to even be nervous about Jared Goff's contract. Um, like Dak has potentially has the ability to have a better career than both Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. The, Two of the guys who were drafted before, I believe there's another guy, I can't really remember his name right now. I'm drawing a blank. But Dak has potentially to be better than those two guys, the guys who have the big, big contracts out of that draft. Um, please, <laughs> Jerry, pay Dak. Man, like, there's like there's no situation, there should be no hesitation about it. If it's years, give him the years that he wants. Pay him again. <laughs> after that. <laughs> pay him after that. And so, like, apparently, and there's been rumors, like, well, all these rumors come out after the fact when they um 
after the signing is like Dak they had a contract they just missed like they missed in it to him like two minutes whatever and he was going to sign whatever um just add a few added like another 10 million dollars onto that contract and then get, it, get, it, get him signed to it man but yeah a, a pay Dak man is really coming coming from it uh coming to form i'm gonna blow that up on my twitter page at trey underscore blanco please <laughs> make pay that man go viral <laughs> so they get some listeners to the pod but go ahead Dak. yeah i mean you you would have to think any leverage the cowboys thought they might have gained with Dak going down with that you know gruesome injury has all but evaporated and kind of gone the opposite way because uh, like we've been saying in terms of how the offense has just you know just died since he's been out out, out of uh, out, out the lineup that's one thing um the second thing is now you have a lot of other people kind of chiming in that you know how valuable Dak is you know other teams are on the league are looking for him so that kind of raises his value right there um we have you know, like former cowboy greats just chiming in saying hey give the give this man the money so a lot of pressure coming from the outside and from within to make sure we bring him back in because a lot of people are just sick and tired of what they're seeing on the field right now um, I think we had we had saw before, you know, like Darren Woodson finally came out saying that, hey, I'm on the payback man train. Get yep. that man this money, whatever he needs. He even told like a little story, He's like because I guess sometimes he sleeps, sleeps over at the star. Um, so you know, one time he had woken up early in the morning. You know, he looked out on the field out there, and who did he see? Dak Prescott. And what was he doing out there? Just kind of just throwing balls to to all the receivers on on the team. It didn't matter if they were Amari Cooper, Ceedee Lamb. Uh, six round, seven round draft picks, whoever it was, he was out there just just, uh, just throwing balls, throwing routes. Um, so he just saying, with, with a person who's shown that much dedication, that much work ethic, and they produce on the field, that's usually like all of the check marks of saying, hey, this is a franchise guy, pay him what he wants, because if he's going to, you know, produce on the field, have that type of work ethic, and be good in the locker room, it's only win-win if we can we can secure him and keep him within our franchise. Right. And you know now it's kind of spreading out where other teams I'm sure have heard the same stories of seeing what he's done, um, seeing how well loved he is by so many people around the league, not even just his own teammates. That yeah, they're like, yeah, hey, I want a piece of that in my franchise, in my locker room, on my field to potentially get me to a Super Bowl. Um, we even saw Demarcus Ware come out saying that you know they need to go ahead and, and, and pay Dak Prescott. Trayvon's been standing for a long time too. Um, so it, it's one thing, you know, to have some chatter from the outside, you know, just from some, some people in the media. That's one thing that, you know, you probably could blow off. It's another thing to have, you know, some of your former greats, uh, most of which are within like the ring of honor for the Cowboys kind of just chiming in, just saying that, Hey, just based on, you know, we played at the highest level, we've won Super Bowls before. And by our opinion, we need to pay that guy because that's who you pay if you want to, if you want to win something. So, I mean, what, <laughs> Not saying that they know everything about personnel, but I'm just saying when it, we've added all together, now you're in the yeah yeah now you're in the realm of where you need to make sure something gets done pretty quickly because at some point, you know, you might get priced out in terms of what you can can pay him because now you know he has he's starting to get all the leverage on you, which is what you don't want in terms of negotiations, exactly. and he also understands that hey. I got tagged one time, got hurt, but hey, I got that money, and you all tag me again. It's pretty much gonna double up what I'm gonna make, and after that, I'm gonna be a free agent. So, I mean, if you piss him off again and he gets tagged again, he will get a ton of money all at once, anyway. So he'll be happy, regardless of injury or not. He's gonna have a lot of money with the second tag, and he also knows that hey, if y'all tag me again, then I'm going to leave after that's over. 
Um, and also just, just the fact that we mentioned it before, we have a lot of holes to fill on this team as a whole. That's offense, that's defense, even some of the special teams too. Um, so we need some, some money and cash space to do it. So if you tag him again, we won't have that money in cash space. All we have is going to be just the draft. Exactly. But this this team isn't isn't reloading. I think we're now rebuilding. So we need to bring a lot more people than just you know uh, uh, some rookies in here just to help us show up the defense and the offense because there's only so many picks that we have for this coming draft. So exactly. I just think with that, yeah, it, it's kind of getting out of hand. I think on the Cowboys end, especially for ownership, for letting us go and kind of just. Um, letting it come uh, become what it is right now. Um, now there have been stories already that they have been already starting negotiations are, are going on so far for the season. So hopefully maybe by the off season they'll have something worked out. But yeah, I mean I think just seeing how things are going is only going to get worse from here. Especially and then once it hits the off season, it's going to just blow up. So unless they're just hoping that maybe they get one of those top two draft picks so they can have some leverage back in that situation. But if not, man, I mean if this season's over we're like top the number five pick <laughs> then I was like that's pretty much it in terms of <laughs> any leverage that we have so yeah. and, um, I don't know man I don't I don't like this long the long game with it man they, that's, that's not a fun game and so um uh we talk about you talked about what Dak does um for warm-ups like what when he's there first thing at the crack of dawn um you talk about when um he's there um, his progress as a leadership off the field and on the field, um, that is attractive. Um, the fact that Dak is improving so well from this gruesome injury, that's attractive. Dak makes your team attractive. Dak Prescott is going to make your team attractive. Teams, Players will want to come play for a guy like Dak Prescott. Many players have already announced it basically because of the struggle and the type of man that Dak is and so um, that we see. And so P- – Dak Prescott helps your team in multiple ways on the field, off the field, and more than likely in the negotiation process. And so maybe some players be able to take a little, a little less to be able to play for Dak Prescott. And so, or play with Dak Prescott, not for him, but with him. You know what I mean? So like you got to pay Dak, man. If hands or butts about it, you got to pay Dak. And they, we can't, uh, can't, to, uh, was a tiptoe around this thing, man. We got we got to pay him. Simple as that. Pay him. Let's pay him. <laughs> give the man what he wants. <laughs> like, give him. Look, give man, him. I I just want to give you props, man. You started this pay Dak man train, and that thing's only done nothing but catch, pick up some steam the entire oh. <laughs> the entire year. Oh. Oh, everybody's jumping on board. <laughs> it only took thirteen weeks, man. But it, <laughs> that's all it took. But it happened. Um, anything else you want to cover? Because uh, my my grill is my grill is warm. I already put the meat on there. What you got? Oh no, let's cook then, man. Let's cook right, then. It's time to cook. So, oh yeah. Uh, um, this will be this will be pretty. I'm gonna try not to, because sometimes I get excited and my words kind of get bumbled up, and people don't understand uh-huh. what I'm saying. So I'm gonna try to do this nice and calm, and I don't oh. look at my wife, so I don't get upset. Uh, so I don't get in trouble. Not upset, so I don't get in <laughs> yeah, trouble. Yeah, I, I was like, yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> so, um, we talked about the Cowboys' run defense, man, and um, at the end of the game, there was a couple things that this that I saw that pissed me off as a former player and as a Cowboy fan, but mainly as a as a former player. Um, Demar Jackson laughed at Jalen Smith um, when he when Jalen Smith ran him out of bounds after Lamar Jackson's gained like 12 yards. Maybe Jalen Smith said something like, ah, nah, you didn't give me this time. J- <laughs> Lamar was like, nah, I got you. I got you. I got the first down. Um, and, and 
Jalen was laughing with him. And I was like, no, Jalen, he's laughing at you. So, like, that's one thing. That's the first thing that got <laughs> Um, And then um, J.K. Dobbins popped off for, like, another 10-yard run. And um, he was laughing. Like, you hear it on the tele- on the telecast. You hear that. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, where? Like, what? Like, no. And then the one thing, the last thing that ticked me off, the last thing is when after they scored that last touchdown that put them up 34 to 17, Orlando Brown Jr., two words, easy money. As a <laughs> player, you have an offensive calling your whole squad easy money. They didn't sweat at all. If I'm a defensive player, if I'm Mike Nolan, I'm playing those three clips all week. That's it. I want my team to hear the laughs. I want my team to hear the easy money. Your easy money as an NFL player, that means they didn't even wake up to come play you. That means they mm. feel like you, you're a practice squad level. Um, there's no pride. There's no want to. There's like no like no um pride. Yeah, there's no pride. And then we talk about Xavier Woods. He was supposed to be the hard hitting safety, the strong safety. And he came up and pushed Lamar Jackson out of bounds. When he could have lit him up and pushed like not him out, out of bounds. Like don't hit somebody. Hit somebody. He didn't want to get a he didn't want to get a flag, Ed. He no, wanna get a flag. No, no. Even then after the push, Lamar Jackson kind of just trotted out of bounds for the t- for the first down. And but no, if he came in and laid down the wood, he would not have gotten the first down. But now you're over here tiptoeing around. Lamar Jackson got the first down. And so, like, there's no pride. And so, like, I, it brought me back to when we were in high school in 2008, our senior year. Granted, we didn't have the best year um, of, the, of the season. But one thing that we played with was very pride. And so I remember right before Warren, Warren got interviewed, like, on Thursday. and said, oh, yeah, we're going to play Jays. We'll be in practice. And we're like, we heard that. And me and you see that very offensively. <laughs> so, but we we lost the game, but we took some head, we took some bodies with us. <laughs> so we, but there's that pride with it. Like there's there was no there's lack of pride. There was like no passion out there. You saw in the eyes, Mike McCarthy had no passion. It's like, dude, where is your pride in this entire thing? They were running up and down, up and down, up and down, in yeah. and out, and they're laughing at you. And you're laughing with them, you're okay with it. And guess what? Easy money. Easy money. Easy money. I think we got the title for our episode. Thank you, Homer. Easy Appreciate money. that. Yeah, no, of course. And so, like, if I'm if I'm a fantasy football player, if I'm if I'm the uh, Cincinnati Beagles or any of the team playing up against the Cowboys for the rest of the season, easy money. If you're a fantasy football player, you're in the playoffs, draft every single pick up every single running back that plays the Cowboys <laughs> for the rest of the week. Because you know why? Easy money. Easy money. So, I'm Trey Blanco. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> you go drop the mic on him. Damn, bro. <laughs> I'm Trey Blanco. That's all I say, man. The Cowboys this season, well, easy money. Easy money. Easy money. Yeah, man. I mean, what it sounds like to me, man, I mean, in the legendary words of, you know, Greg Popovich, is that you want some nasty. And right now the Cowboys have no nasty. <laughs> they got no nasty at all. Um, it, it's funny that you said it because we mentioned it here and there, you know, between episodes for certain games where you mentioned that sometimes they have a tendency that when things get bad, that they would lay down. You know, we, we had mentioned that before. 
And then other times it's like, oh, they played hard the entire game. They're flying around, being really active, causing a lot of turnovers. Now we've kind of had where almost it seems like almost the entire game to where they lay down and it seems like they're kind of finally laying down now too. So like you said, just being happy, you know, laughing around like like a day's ago. Um, you're basically get, getting getting beat down up and down the entire field. It's not like where it's like a close game. It's like, oh, you know, we've been going head to head. So, you know, good player, good player, whatever. Right. Like that's probably the reason why Lamar was probably laughing in his face saying like, bro, why are you trash talking and doing whatever to me? Like y'all are getting destroyed right now. <laughs> like, bro, I'm getting, I am getting 10 yards of care right now, fool. I'm about to. <laughs> He's like, so y'all, so, about, y'all about to get me back in this MVP race because I'm about to go ham on y'all right for now. For real. Like, I don't even see that stuff in Pop Warner or in Little League football. Like, there's no laughing. There's no – and um, I think uh, – what I, I, I want to say it was Troy – someone said it on Twitter, and I retweeted on my page. I can't remember. It's like I miss the days when players hated each other for three hours of a game. Like, the opposing players hated each other for three hours of the game. And so I retweeted that. And I missed those days. I needed, we needed to hate the Ravens for three hours, just three hours of the day. Well, and go at it. The, and go after them. The, the thing is, though, against some of the teams we played this year, I've, it seemed like they've hated us. It didn't seem like we hate any of them, though. We love everybody else, but, <laughs> but they hate us with a passion for whatever reason. And usually when you're a defensive player, you hate anybody on offense. It doesn't matter if you've met them before or you're friends with them. If they're playing offense, you're on defense. <laughs> for that entire game, you don't like them at all. You hate them. If they're your friend, you're trash talking them. You're trying to blow them up. Exactly. Um, you're, not, you're not shaking your head until the game is over. That way you can you can talk trash to them after the game about how y'all, y'all shut them down or something. Exactly. But no, this entire game, like they're going through the motion. Um, it seems like we got used to being bad and got used to losing we're okay it's with like it. you know it, it, yeah it's been go- it's been going so bad you know we're so bad at stopping the run or whatever it's inevitable it's going to happen no matter what so you know just, just go with it um you know just run around here and there but at the end of the day you know we're getting paid or whatever so just just, just go go with the flow and and do whatever exactly and that i really thought we had got rid of some of that feeling that that thinking when we got rid of those older vets that we thought was maybe you know the bad apples in the group but it seems that some of that might have spread it to some of our you know stable our staple players that we've had on the team for a while so i mean like we've been saying man when this offseason comes around we got to really have a a heart-to-heart kind of look at ourselves in the mirror and kind of decide you know who's really with us who do we want to go for the long haul when we do get get Dak back and the other players back and who do you, you know, unfortunately have to potentially either let walk or actually get rid of them by releasing their trade or something like that, too. Because like you said, man, I hope I hope that after the game that Mike, Mike Nolan was pissed off. I hope that Mike McCarthy was pissed off from, from what they saw on the field, from how the players were interacting with other players during the game, not after the game or before the game, but during the game um, when they watch film, anything like that, too. Not just with the blown assignments, just with the body language, just with how they're how what the vibes are giving off, man. Like we don't seem like we think that we're like we're deadly, that we were something to be reckoned with, that you better recognize where I'm at because something bad is gonna happen it, bad's gonna happen if you don't, you know, keep your head on swivel. It's more of just like, you know, hey we're running against practice squad. Just run our offense and we get these points, <laughs> these yards or whatever, and we're all gonna have a good time on offense. Yep. Everybody's yeah, gonna have a have time. a fun time. Yeah. yeah. So and Yeah, man. Know, I'm with you on that, man. And so like you like 
people were trying to call out Mike McCarthy for not being mad at uh, like showing his anger at the press conference. I was like, that's not where a coach needs. Well, sometimes it works, but that's not the type of coach Mike McCarthy is. I hope they locked that locker room door and like did not talk to no media for at least an hour, like an hour, hour and a half. And Mike McCarthy just chewed them out. And I guarantee you, like, I, I hope they're playing that clip. Easy money. Easy money. Like throughout easy the entire money. throughout the entire practice for the week, that's the only thing that's on the speakers. No music, just easy money, easy money. Coming on the big screen too with him going like that. That's what I want. That's what I want because that would piss me off if I'm a defensive player. Like that 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 would piss me off. But I'm afraid that we don't have that type of mentality on our defense. We don't have that. We don't have that dog mentality, man. I'm calling it out. We don't have that dog mentality, man. With, with, with you saying that, man, I, I just hope that when you start having kids that you have a son and that you coach his Pop Warner team. Oh, yeah. I can just imagine <laughs> you're going to be given to the team. <laughs> the stuff you can get, get them fired up. <laughs> stuff you're in practice after a bad loss. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. I just want to either, either be on your staff with you or in the stands watching these practices to see how this stuff goes down, bro. <laughs> you yeah, know it's going to be, be crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah, it will be, be crazy. It will be crazy. Like, don't put, I'll probably, I can't do it in the Pop Warner. I got to, like, it probably has to be, like, the pre-teens because I, I don't want to make no more. Oh, yeah. Boys crying, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll be. I can't. I can't say like this is. That was embarrassing, man. That is like you don't. That's on film for the eternity. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's on film for eternity. That's embarrassing, man. That was so trash. I'm done. Grill closed. Meats delivered. <laughs> Meats delivered. Ah, anything else so before? So. Go ahead, so before we get out of here, do you want to give any um, thoughts on our next game? Uh, uh, playing against the Bengals without without Joe Burrow. I don't know if I'm the Bengals. Uh, it's gonna be weird because they're trying to get that. They're trying to get a draft pick too, and so they're really liking mm-hmm. that tackle of Oregon. Um, right now they're better than us, but if they win, they drop and we move up in the draft pick. So that's it's part. It's one of those trash games that we talked about uh, with the <laughs> that could be with the Eagles. So. Um, Easy money. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Easy money, man. Uh, it'll be it'll be, fun. it'll be fun to watch. They have Tyler Boyd still out there. They still have AJ Green. Um, it'll be a t- it could be a test, like a wake up call for our defense. I hope it is a wake up call for our defense because again, their offense is not too talented. Their offensive line is not too talented. They don't have Joe Burrow. This like, I get it. Our season's trash. Our season is over. We're not going to make the playoffs, but. Have some pride in your season. Like, I don't care if you lose at the end of the game, but show some effort for the full three hours or whatever, how long the game lasts. Show some effort from uh, kickoff, from the first kickoff to the end with his double zeros at the fourth quarter or even in overtime. But show me some damn effort for the entire game. And that's all I want out of this Cowboys matchup for the rest of the season. So each matchup, my analysis would be show me effort. That's it. That's all I want to see. Yeah. I mean, looking at it right now, the way we've been playing, this this may be the potentially the last game that we might win for the rest of the season. <laughs> the way things are unfolding, I would have to think just with them having, you know, not their starting quarterback, they're having a hard time passing the ball. Um, they're not that talented of a team. Um, they do have some good running backs, you know, Giovanni Bernard and such. Um, but I would have to think that this will be the game at least that we everybody kind of shows up in terms of the defense being able to kind of hold their own. Um, The offense has been trending upwards as of late, so they kind of can keep that or stay consistent. I think – I'm not going to say that we're going to win by, you know, a couple of touchdowns like I had been doing before, 
but I think we might at least squeak out a win. Field goal, one point. Uh, I don't know about a field goal, what, Whatever it takes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know about field goals either, actually, yes. <laughs> we, we didn't touch on that either, but yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no, that's why I, I mentioned we have holes at all three levels of of of, of the game. So Holes yeah. and different area codes. That's what we got. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, uh, but yeah, I hope we squeak out the win. Like I said, like the Cowboys could build, like we still have four game, three games, four games left in the year. Mm-hmm. We could build something going into next season. Like, I, like I said, I don't care if we lose every game, but show me some effort, show me some pride. Like, show me some effort, show me some pride. That's it. But if we get blown out and we show effort and pride, like look at the Jets, they almost beat the Raiders last week. Mm-hmm. They had a dumb call at the end of the game. <laughs> but, I don't know. I don't know that why caught, they, that, that, that that cost uh, what's his name was it Greg Williams? That cost him his job. That's yeah, the defense Greg coordinator. Williams, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they had a yeah. dumb call at the end of the game, but they they have no reason to be trying to win the game right now. But they almost beat the Raiders, and the week before mm-hmm. they almost beat a team too. And so they're showing effort. Like I think we will lose to the Jets right now based off of effort. <laughs> so like, it's as simple as that, man. Uh, just show me some effort. That's it. That's all I want to see. That's so. You will have to do a whole lot of shelving when it comes to matchup analysis, man. Because I'm gonna say this only some effort. <laughs> oh my god, that's like gonna happen for me. <laughs> like, and thank you again, Ed White, with your <laughs> thrilling analysis of thrilling analysis. effort and easy money. Uh, I'll said, promise, I'll be better next week. I'm just, pat, I'm just kind of still upset about this, man. <laughs> I'll be better next week. I'll give better analysis. But uh, anything else you want to close out with, sir? Before close comes to close. Nah, we should be good, homie. Sounds good, man. I appreciate you. Appreciate I'm you. for your so, brother. Again, it's your boy, Ed White, a.k.a. Trey Blanco. For Trey Blanco's yeah, Positive yeah, Podcast yeah, yeah. Grill. I'll shoot stuff. Daniel, say goodbye to the people. So long, people. Love y'all. Talk to y'all next time. Again, win, lose, or draw. We'll be here for you to give you some X's and O's and try to brighten your day with some of the positive spin on, on stuff if we can. Um, but it's been very dark as, as of late. But we're still here for you, though. <laughs> I don't know why, but you're so long people made me laugh so hard. I don't know why. <laughs> but, but yes, follow me at Trey underscore Blanco, the real Trey Blanco on Twitter. I have not given my Twitter uh, tag for like the past four weeks, and I keep forgetting to do that. So please follow me and get some listeners going. Um, let us know on the new uh, the new layout for the show. Let us know if you like it or not. And you can respond to me on Twitter. Follow me on, if you have me on Facebook. Respond to me there. But again, as always, be blessed, be peace, be love. We out.